Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Cece. And this is Claire. And greetings everyone. This is our letter to the podcaster edition of our 17th series of Sendition. And we cannot wait for you to hear from our guest today. Her name is Emily and we have her on call with us right now. Emily, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, my name is Emily Han. I'm currently a high school sophomore in the Bay Area and I'm super excited to be here today to talk about my nonprofit, Make a Statement, as well as some experience that I've encountered that I would love to share with you guys. So you mentioned Make a Statement. What inspired you to start that? Yeah, so Make a Statement is a worldwide nonprofit that aims to educate youth and international students about public speaking and speech and debate. And what really inspired me to start this organization is my own experience in speech and debate. Um, I'm actually an immigrant who moved to California when I was 10, and the language barrier was a huge problem to me. However, my mom signed me up for speech and debate class, so I had to take it, and at my class, I was just super, super lost. I did not understand what the um, Vietnamese war was about. Um, I did not understand what, like, any of the debate jargon meant. So at that point, I felt like I wanted to give up. Um, however, I like to push myself a lot. So in the end, I was able to like pulse through, but I really didn't like the experience of like just being lost and not having any friends and not being able to ask anyone any question because I didn't speak English very well at the time. So I wanted to be able to use what I've learned to help those people who are like me, um, aka international students here in my local area. And there are actually a lot of them since California is a very diverse state. Um, however, um, after I started talking to my friend, um, the other co-founder, Kaylin, about this idea of starting to make a statement, we were able to expand our reach from just international students to also youth, um, such as like elementary schoolers or um, sixth graders, so that people can actually start receiving the public speaking education that really doesn't exist in public school curriculum. Girl, I see. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. I'm... Yeah, like my mom also signed me up for speech and debate because like she was like, oh, you know, you need to get out there, be more confident. And I was a very shy kid and I did not like public speaking very much, which is funny mm-hmm. now because I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> and but speech and <laughs> debate yeah, totally was ridiculously hard because it's like a brand new world. Like people are speaking like 7000 words per minute <laughs> and coming up with arguments <laughs> yeah, totally on spot. Mm-hmm. And overall, I say like, um, since when I started speech and debate, I did not know that speech and debate are like two different things. Like you have speech and then you have debate. Like when I went in there, I just thought, oh, this is what speech and debate in America means is like one public forum style debate. And it just like intimidated me so much. People spoke like so fast. They were so confident, which I did not understand. And it was really like after a few years of being in speech and debate, I really learned that there are like 10 different events that you can choose from. And I just happened to choose one of the most popular yet the hardest one of them. Which one did you choose? Yeah, so I chose public forum debate and it is like the one that requires the most like thinking on the spot oh. um, as well as like actually interacting with your opponent's argument, which I think it's like a really big part of debate. And it's also really hard to do. Like right now, I'm still like trying to improve on that. Oh, yeah, so you're really is. just thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, oh God, I lost all five rounds at my first tournament. at, the, And that was like, not fun because I had this partner this guy who I didn't even talk to and I could tell that he was disappointed in me which is like the worst feeling ever yeah it I think (laughs) I think there's a certain culture in speech and debate that I think we mentioned you mentioned before in uh like our own conversations that is seemingly Mm -hmm. very prevalent in like in the california bay area public high schools it's super Mm -hmm. competitive um everybody's kind of just trying to vie for 
you know, their voice to be heard, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And actually, you know, something interesting happened earlier today. I was working on my internship for this political figure who is the congressional candidate in um, my district in California. And there are so many interns in his program. There are like hundreds of interns and there are like thousands during the summer. Oh, wow. And we were... I was realizing that um, people, the interns, they're like, almost like they're competing against each other in order to like move up to become like associate manager or like senior manager to get that like position. You have to really stand out and that requires like Mm -hmm. competing with your peers and trying to see who is doing something better than the other person, which sometimes result in like a very toxic mindset that I do not personally like but I was like earlier I designed an Instagram post for the candidate and I realized that like a lot of other interns are being very competitive about it um which is what I think like California Californian high schoolers are like all about which is not very good but you know it's just how it is and you can't really change like people's competitiveness because it is not a bad thing like certainly um just sometimes especially in debate it's like super super like serious problem I feel like yeah I think growing up as I mean I hate to say it sometimes because I feel like I've definitely and maybe Claire it could be a different experience for you but I've definitely like sometimes fell into it Everything is mm-hmm. somehow correlated to college admissions. Oh, good God, yes. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, I know it's um, like it's like inside me where, like, I know it's, you know, going to college is a goal for many people, right? And obviously, yeah, you want to go to the college that you like. And for many, it is a very highly selective college. And mm-hmm. it sometimes builds a culture that is super toxic because everybody kind of wants to outdo each other and like you said um emily competition is naturally positive right it brings about the best Mm -hmm. in everyone but it does yeah um result in many problems especially in bay area high schools where there is a really high rate of suicide amongst teens and depression as well yeah I completely agree with you on that and I do think you know like right now in pandemic we're seeing so many different nonprofits. um it is first out of everyone's you know like desire to make a positive impact mm-hmm. on their community but on the other side there's so many nonprofits that people are starting to compare like with one another see oh this nonprofit is doing so well they have xyz followers they're getting like this many likes um they're having like however many attendees and it's almost as if we like forgot about what is our original thought process of starting this nonprofit, which is to help more people in the first place, but now it's turning into a competitive space where people are competing against each other to see who's doing better. Oh, like, am I making a large enough impact to make it look significant on my college application? Um, and obviously, like, that's not the case like for everyone and it's probably not the case for most people but it is just something that I see emerging which um scares me a little bit Mm -hmm. because like even though I am like a competitive person and I want to do good in the places that I choose to spend my time and dedicate my effort into but um I'm just low-key scared of like really competitive people like a lot of competition going on um, and same things happening at my school's debate team. I do see that as well. And I just think, you know, maybe we can just have everyone sit down, like have a peaceful conversation <laughs> and trying to figure out what's wrong and make the world better. I don't know, something that I aspire to maybe like be able to achieve someday in the future. That would yeah. be nice, wouldn't it? Instead of people scrambling mm-hmm. on top of each other trying to get to the top. Ugh, it sucks. But I guess it's yeah, a, what is it, like a dog-eat-dog world out there? I feel like that's a very yeah, old natural saying. selection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, natural yeah. selection. 
god. But not, I mean, at this fun. point, I feel like although many of these traditional, well, not traditional. Uh, I think these principles apply, like natural selection. I also think it's a good way to. I think it's good to change our thinking to adapt to the future and. You know, one thing they、mm-hmm. hear a lot about is kind of focusing on yourself, right? And so,、yeah. obviously, we are here to、mm-hmm. focus on you, Emily, and we'd love to know more about how you kind of yeah, got of make、course. a statement off the ground, right? I think many people talk、mm-hmm. about, oh, taking the first step for the business,、uh, for my business, for my project, for my nonprofit, whatever. But what does that exactly entail? For what did that exactly entail for you? Yeah, so it was actually. I think we got very lucky in simple terms.、Mm-hmm. Um, our first ever event was a three day summer camp that we held with another another amazing organization called Breaking Barriers in Tech, and I think they did change their organization name, but their founder Rakaya reached out to me and Kaylin, who's the other co founder, and she proposed to hold this workshop. That wasn't like a hundred percent public speaking,、um, but she wanted to be able to provide the her audience who are like more tech focused, um, because they are like a STEM nonprofit. Um, she wanted to be able to offer them an opportunity to learn more about public speaking because you know, like whatever field you go into, like medical, whatever, um, or if you want to do, like. Stem like coding, you have to be able to talk about your idea and present yourself to other people, um, and that just entails public speaking. So we held this three day summer camp that had elevator pitch, resume writing, entrepreneurship, interview tips, and we were able to reach quite a lot of people. It was around a hundred and thirty to like a hundred and forty signups for our first ever event, which I was super surprised at. I thought we would get like ten people at most,、um, but yeah. In terms of contacting guest speakers, I clearly remember I was freaking out about not having people reply back to my Instagram DMs or LinkedIn texts, and like the date. Was approaching our tentative date for the summer camp, and I wasn't able to reach anyone. And I woke up one day. I checked my Instagram DMs, and Miss Precious Williams, who is a great coach for public speaking, who spoke at our event, she reached back to me and told me that she is interested in holding this one-hour workshop on elevator pitch, and that was such a great experience. I think having her. As our guest speaker was very great because she is a very very energetic and very just positive person overall who was super great at giving elevator pitch,、um, and yeah that's how we got started and I would call our first event a success definitely so it gave us a lot of inspiration in terms of what we wanted to do in the future and what we wanted to do during pandemic which is like typically different than what we do. Um, in like pre-pandemic or post-pandemic worlds.、Mm. Just to clarify, what is an elevator pitch? Yeah, so elevator pitch is、um, defined as a short pitch that you would give to someone in order to whether pitch yourself, pitch an idea you have, or pitch your book, pitch whatever project you work on, and it is super short because it is usually given to,、um, for example, if I meet like the CEO of. Google in like, I don't know, like some shopping mall, and I wanted to pitch to him my idea about this project that I've been working on, and I want him to invest in my project. Then what I would give like, I'd say like a minute. Usually is like, how long? Like thirty second to a minute. Um. Pitch about why he should invest in my project, and they're super spontaneous because you never really know. The people that you're going to meet and where you're gonna meet them,、um, so these elevator pitch are just designed to be quick, to be very、um, attention tracking, and、um, yeah, they're just supposed to, I guess, like get you some, whether it's like investment or get someone to like buy one of your product. And how did you、uh, going back to your first event? 
Um, how did you exactly uh-huh. meet BBIT or get in touch with them in the first place? Yeah, so I love Slack. Mm-hmm. Like Slack is amazing. It gives you so many opportunity to connect with peers to, um, you know, just let you know that there are thousands of kids out there who are exactly like you and you're able to work with them, talk with them. It's just amazing. And that's also where we met Rikaya and BBIT or Breaking Barriers in Tech. Um, so we just started a conversation on Slack. We scheduled a quick Zoom meeting and we got everything started. And it was just amazing experience overall. Yeah, Slack is a really, if our listeners haven't heard of Slack, um, there are some really great organizations out there that have these Slack platforms where you can meet other people, which is basically how we met Emily. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly where this partnership came from. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. And now, compared to like your first event, what does Make a Statement do? Obviously, with all the COVID changes and obviously growth in mm-hmm. your um in your nonprofit. Yeah. So when me and Kaylin first started this. Nonprofit. We were actually targeting, like I said, international students and youth. So we'd say like second grader to sixth grader, um, and after that, like seventh grader, eighth graders, they have like speech and debate programs already. So they will just go step into that. But we wanted to provide this like stepping stone for people to like use as a resource to prepare them for bigger challenges in the future and to provide them with this curriculum that they will never really be able to learn in elementary school or really in high school you don't have a lot of public speaking curriculum at school um so that's what our original goal was so we started outreach to local elementary schools and um that's where we wanted to begin giving lectures and stuff going in person after school for like an hour ish have some fun activities talk about some public speaking tips all that kind of stuff um however like after pandemic happened we started to shift towards online platforms which is more targeted towards um university students high schoolers or even some parents who are interested in learning more about speech and debate and how they can get their kids involved um so we started holding like webinars. We recently held a few workshops with a few other um, public speakers and entrepreneurs about like different topics, such as like becoming a TEDx speaker with our guest speaker, Vivian Tan. And that was a very great workshop. We had a lot of positive feedback. Um, so that's what we've been doing. And also something special coming up is this spring we're actually holding a speech and debate tournament for free and it is just to you know get people to come to these tournaments for free get some practice be able to um, experience speech and debate because it will be a more beginner level and normally speech and debate tournaments especially the prestigious ones at like stanford berkeley they cost like oh they cost so much a lot of money yeah exactly um so we wanted to just you know make it free so everyone can access it yeah that's so nice (laughs) honestly (laughs) i've like tried to apply to summer programs and stuff like that and tournaments and just there's such a huge price tag on there it's insane yeah i'm pretty sure that like definitely drives so many people away from applying or getting there at least yeah and honestly speaking of like applying for programs one thing that like I guess makes people drive them away from applying is um the financial aid so even though like a lot of programs offer it it kind of like you know hinders your ability and getting in and obviously there are like need-free programs that kind of just don't take your request for financial aid into account but i'd say like majority of programs really do look at like whether you're qualified for them to give you that money which i think it's not very like friendly to people who really just can't access it yeah yeah and also including i think this tournament relieves a lot of pressure for people because getting into a debate tournament especially one that is expensive it can be really nerve-wracking if you've never done it before 
I know, really, yeah. I feel so pressured when I have to pay like ninety dollars <laughs> for a tournament. I'd be like, oh my goodness, if I don't do good, I just wasted ninety bucks. Um, yeah, it's not a very fun experience. And I do see a lot of organizations like holding free workshops, free tournament, free program, free mentorships, and I think that's great. We should really make everything just more accessible to everyone. Um, I think that's like a big goal. So I see that make a statement is growing in impact, and you've been able to reach so many people now. How exactly has your management grown since the beginning? Yeah, so um, it all started with me and my co-founder Kaylin. We were just two people meeting for like hours every single day, planning this organization, and afterwards we. Posted our first team application, and we um had some interviews with like thirty great applicants, and we decided to go with eleven team members who are amazing and have been doing a lot of work for this organization, which I a hundred percent appreciate. And um, I really it was a really great experience for me to explore how to manage a team, and me and Kayla really worked on trying to make this. Team, a more enjoyable experience instead of like stressful. Like obviously, you know, like school is stressful enough.、Mm-hmm. We don't want to put more pressure on you. We wanted to make it fun. We wanted to make it so that people won't think of this as like a burden, but rather like a commitment they're like willingly making. So, um, there were some stuff that worked, and there are certainly a lot of stuff that. Are still not working, but again, we're trying to figure it out. And I was thinking that I could maybe share some of the stuff that worked for us and some of the stuff that didn't work, and see if people can get some inspiration from this. But what I realized really worked were、um, some online platforms that we were able to use to organize team meetings, such as Let Us Meet. So. Um, if you never heard of Let Us Meet before, it is an online platform that allows you to like just send out one link, and everyone on your team can fill out、um, this link, and it will link you to like a schedule, and you select the schedules that you're available, and it will like automatically compile everyone's schedule together to show you like what are the time slots that everyone is free on your team, and it's like super convenient. I think it. Just it's great, and it has a super simple user interface, which like differentiates itself from a lot of other similar platforms that I've used, but are just kind of complicated. Um, so that worked very great. And、uh, we also organize anonymous feedback forms for our organization, so me and Kaylin can know what we are doing good, what people really like about this team, and what we can be doing better. I think that's a great way for you to get some feedback from your teammates that are not like you know criticism, but it's like constructive criticism to help you improve. Um, and something that didn't really work well for us was like giving out assignments. So. We just use Google Spreadsheet for giving out assignments, which I think it's like what most nonprofits use at this point. But it was not very convenient in the sense that、um, there are so many tabs and people have to like look for their assignment, and it doesn't like notify you when something's updated. We have to manually update everyone,、um, and it was just not. It didn't work. For us, very well, and we're still trying to explore what is the best way to tell people. Here's the list of tasks we have to get done, and、um, you know, let's try to get them done by the deadline. And I don't, I just don't necessarily think how we've been organizing it is the best way to go about this. But yeah, just some tips I wanted to share. Yeah, actually, the listening to what you said about lettuce meat is like super intriguing because I've been using Doodle, and I think a lot of、mm-hmm. like. Projects even for like school like mock trial we've been using Doodle, but the user interface isn't like great per se.、Mm-hmm. But it I'm very interested at in how like Let Us Meet compiles it all together because for Doodle you kind of have to just compare everybody's、um, oh time、okay. like one by one. So I just thank you for that. I would <laughs> not yeah definitely、that. try it out. It's great.、Mm-hmm. And also,、um, like the spreadsheets, I don't know if you know, but Claire and I are in journalism, and we use Trello. 
Oh, yeah, I was about to mention that. Uh, oh, I've never heard of that, actually. Trello is, like, it's a good way, because the user interface is, like, really nice. Um, mm-hmm. And also, you can, um, I think you can sign up for updates. So, you, you there's even a bar where you can see, like, who moved what car. So, how do I explain this? <laughs> so, ma- basically, you make tabs, right? Um, uh-huh. But not, like, spreadsheet tabs. It's kind of like, oh, this is, um, like, say for journalism, here's a tab mm-hmm. for, like, pitches, right? And it's due by this date, te- 10, uh, like, October 2nd, something. And then people make cards, which basically it's just It's kind of like they're, oh, like, in, okay. yeah, in terms of journalism, it's just cards, and you can click on it, and it expands. So mm-hmm. then there's their name what they've updated and there's also like for journalism in this case it's just their pitch form and things like that you can link google docs to it if you want files i there should be more i just don't remember because i don't use anything else on there but yeah i think it's pretty useful it also shows you how definitely oh cc go oh i said you can also comment on the card so if you want to say like hey could you move this someplace or like hey um I really like this idea. You can just comment on the card so everybody could see, which I thought was pretty cool when I joined journalism. That sounds amazing. I will definitely try it out. Thank you, guys. No problem. And one thing I wanted just to ask, are you mm-hmm. and Kaylin and the 11 other team members doing all of the like the coaching for the um, kids yeah, actually we are, and um, we do have like different teams. So some people focus on social media, some other focus on like strictly the curriculum mm-hmm. that we put out. Um, so we have compiled like a full semester of curriculum work for different speech and debate events, such as um, we did so far. We finished public forum. We also did Congress and LD, and. Um, we're obviously trying to create curriculum on every single speech and debate event, but our curriculum team just mainly focus on doing the curriculum and whether we send the slideshows to a speech and debate club to ask for our help. And actually, we've con- um, came in contact with speech and debate clubs in Canada, in Norway, in China, and we were able to build some partnerships in terms of providing them with the material they need to hold team meetings and teach their team members. Um, so that's like what we would do in like pre-COVID or post-COVID worlds. We would actually do that in person. But for now, we're really just focusing on like webinars and like tournaments, summer camp, that kind of stuff. And I know that you mentioned that before COVID and hopefully post-COVID, you used to actually go Mm -hmm. to schools, right, to teach Mm -hmm. the kids. How exactly did you advertise those events? Because I think for, say, the, um, the teams across the world or like my age, we usually use Uh social media, but is it different for the schools? Yeah, it's actually really different because the one thing about schools is that they like just almost never reply to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> right. Um, so we actually unfortunately never like held an in-person like after school type of event because um, we founded the nonprofit in April. And at that time, like school was supposedly in a two week break, which turned into Uh, a one year break. Oh, yep. But yeah. And um, we did get some responses from like boys and girls clubs in my local area. We also did get some responses from, you know, like, um, I forgot, like, are they like tutoring center, whatever, daycare? I'm not sure, but like like these, yeah, these like tutoring places, like after school tutoring places, I guess it's what you would call them. Um, But again, like it was just never a thing because of how we couldn't do it in person. And we reached out to so many boys and girls clubs and like most of their responses were that um, 
they do not really favor online teaching overall. So um, they said like in post-COVID worlds, we can definitely do it. So that's what we're really excited for. Um, but in terms of reaching out to schools, it's really just via email. And since we can't like travel everywhere, we usually just do it um, in our local areas. However, we do have team members from all across the country and across the world. So we normally would have our team member in another state like Minnesota or something, Tennessee, and have them hold like local workshops at their local schools or local boys and girls clubs, which I think it's like more like founding a new chapter in their state. But because we only have 11 members on our team, we're keeping it rather small this year. We don't have like multiple chapters across the states yet. And for um, your regular social media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you advertise that? Like, other than, like, do you post on a specific platform? And how do you reach out to other people there? Yeah, so um, we mostly post on Instagram and our website. Those are two of the most commonly updated places. You can find all the information about Make a Statement via any of those two places. Um, And we would design our social media posts using either Canva or Procreate, which I think Procreate allows you to personalize a lot of your posts to make them different than other organizations because, you know, everyone uses Canva. It is like the best, but also the most commonly used website for designing. And in terms of advertisement, we would, if we have a new workshop, we would definitely first design an Instagram post and post it on their stories, tell our ambassadors to um, repost on their stories, put it on our website, and then we would draft out an email to send out to people who signed up for our newsletter list, telling them that, yeah, this is like an opportunity feel free to participate and that's like where we get most of our signups we will also post in different slack communities and that will also um you know get some people to sign up for our workshop and then come by and you know give us some feedback on what they enjoyed what they want to see more of and what we should improve on I see. You seem already very experienced in entrepreneurship in aspects such as marketing and also creating the curriculum that you're supplying for Make a Statement. Were you already experienced in entrepreneurship before creating Make a Statement? Um, I wouldn't say so. And I still wouldn't say that I'm like very experienced in entrepreneurship yet. Um, I would say, though, I did participate in some entrepreneur competition with people I met, again, over Slack. And we participated in Bloom Startup Competition. Um, Me and Kaylin participated in Diamond Challenge Competition. And those are all like entrepreneurial experience where you are trying to pitch your idea to a panel of judges. Um, Also like Blue Ocean Entrepreneur Competition, those kind of competitions. And... They are a fun experience. They get you to think and they like give you knowledge on more entrepreneurial stuff. Um, and especially for Blue Ocean Competition and Diamond Challenge, they really provide you with plenty of resources on their websites for you to use to like watch videos, learn more about entrepreneurship, learn more about pitching. And I think it's very great. And I definitely recommend people participating in like Maybe you can start small with like a local entrepreneur competition and then like, you know, go to the bigger ones that I hold like annually, like Diamond Challenge. And there are just like very great resources for you to improve overall. And um, other than that, I also, um, but this is like after I make a statement, um, I found like how much 
I like entrepreneurship and the idea of being able to solve a problem that perhaps no one else is really trying to solve. So I applied for um, the MIT LaunchX program, which is an entrepreneurial program where, um, you know, there are like Harvard, MIT professors that teach um, lessons at these or lectures at these programs. And then you form a team of four or five to create a product or a service or, you know, an app whatever you try to create to solve a specific problem in the summer. And I'm super excited to attend that program this summer. Um, and other than that, I've just been like exposed to entrepreneurship when I was younger because my aunt and my dad, they do like a lot of entrepreneurial stuff. They're not like the typical white collar workers, but rather um, they do a lot of like, I guess like free form stuff on entrepreneurship. Like I would go to factories where they would design like a specific type of advertisement flyers um they would like make these like really huge bulletin boards or like crystal nameplates i guess the really big ones you see hang at like every single company's like oh like the signs okay i see yeah yeah um those ones and um you know like them communicating with their clients i thought it was just pretty cool overall but yeah that's my entrepreneurship experience, summarizing them. I mean, it's definitely a comprehensive list. And I mean, for mm-hmm. at least recently, right, you seem to have been doing a lot with entrepreneurship and also with Make a Statement. And you are also uh, in high school. So how do you even, you know, juggle all these activities, commitments, and schoolwork, and also mm-hmm. obviously the most important thing, hopefully socializing during COVID. I'm going to start with saying that I don't manage it well all the time. In fact, like half of the time I will be procrastinating somewhere on my couch, contemplating whether I should do my schoolwork first or do other stuff first, you know, and I think it's okay. Like I know people tell you it's okay, but it's really okay to procrastinate. It's really okay to not feel the best, not feel the most productive, you know, to not get everything on your to-do list done every single day, because that has never happened to me. Um, But I would say there are ways you can do to improve your productivity. So for instance, I would have Google Sheets for like everything I need to get done in this week. And um, like I do go a little bit more specific about like every day the tasks I need to get done and I would use Google Calendar to then block out the times in my day in order to see oh like this is like when I need to record this podcast and then oh this is when I need to start working on my physics homework stuff like that so I would say there are ways for you to be able to get more productive and honestly when I feel down I just listen to like inspirational TED talks um, they really do inspire me at times, and just, you know, when you're really tired, when you're really burned out, tell yourself that it's okay, take a deep breath, do some meditation videos, oh my god, I really recommend five minutes of meditation videos on YouTube, they help me tremendously. I actually, like, I don't know why, but some of these TEDx talks really get you riled Mm -hmm. up, and like ready to work Uh, (laughs) honestly is it like the way they talk or something i don't know i mean (laughs) they do it so bad i'm guessing from a psychological standpoint right if you know if you're being encouraged to like do this and you're hearing all these great things you feel yeah motivated too i guess like one thing i would say though is if you do choose to listen to ted talks or to listen to you know, other people telling you to be more inspirational, or not inspirational, excuse me, to be more productive, I would say that, you know, sometimes it would give you this mindset that you're not doing as well as, like, other people, like, Mm -hmm. especially I would see, like, I don't know, like, sophomores on TED Talks, and I would be like, oh "Oh my goodness, (laughs) yeah, Um, but, you know, like, everyone's different, obviously, like, they could be very good at like TED Talks, but you know, you may be better in your own areas of strength, like definitely you know, whatever you're passionate about, dedicated to, and I think it's just important to know that you're never gonna be perfect 
but it doesn't stop you from trying to be the best version of yourself. That just sounds like a summary of a TED talk, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Anyways, um, back to make a statement specific to your nonprofit. Were there any concerns or troubles that you ran into during its course? And if so, what were they? Yeah, there were definitely a lot of different troubles that we went into. And I would say one of the things that we struggled the most with was creating our own unique brand that will make people remember us and if you honestly go to project make a statement on instagram um you would like scroll down and see kind of like the evolution in branding that we had from this old branding to this completely new branding and i don't know like it's it's a process of figuring out how we want our nonprofit's branding to look like. And I think we definitely struggle with that, saying that, you know, there's so many nonprofits out there and we wanted to be able to, you know, let people know that we're unique, we're different, this is what we're doing and please consider like supporting us by like attending our workshops or like participating in our fundraisers. And I think we had a little bit of trouble with that. And, um, but like it's totally fine if you just feel like you need to restart your instagram feed start a completely new style of branding just go for it it will be very very beneficial in the end and i was actually looking at some dishes instagram and i just want to say how amazingly uniform and cohesive and put together it is oh my gosh you gotta okay, commence cc <laughs> you have to commence cc i so indecisive sometimes you can see the like the fluctuation in style (laughs) because i like cannot stick to a style because i'll be i do use canva i haven't used procreate for this yet um but i am Mm -hmm. dabbling in like adobe um Mm -hmm. but i like every time i see a new template or inspiration i'm like oh i want like my podcast to look like the Instagram to look like this and then I can't choose (laughs) I know I know I totally get you and you know it's fine to be not the most decisive person and like make a statement's branding definitely struggle with like sticking to one style that makes us look cohesive as an organization um and I would say, though, another problem is, like, really getting people to recognize us. And this is something I wanted to talk about is how, you know, the whole idea of women in tech is a very big issue. Like, um, I'd say, like, starting a few years ago, people were advocating for, like, female representation in tech and, like, STEM to combat this, like, male domination in these career paths. And I think people should also really focus on getting more political and public speaking education overall because if you really go look into these nonprofits they would be major the majority of them would really be focusing on like tech medicine medical stuff and i like really struggle to find a lot of organizations focusing on public speaking in fact i can only name like at most like two or three off of the top of my head and that was one of the biggest problems we struggle with because our workshops on entrepreneurship, on interview, resume building, elevator pitch, they will gain a lot of people to attend them. But the other ones on speech and debate and like actual speech and debate stuff and actual like public speaking stuff wouldn't really get that many attendees because people like, you know, they define their career path and they know like public speaking is not really something that they wanted to pursue, which I wanted to mention because I think we should be able to put more spotlight on public speaking and political education for not only female, but also just everyone in general. Yeah, I feel like people don't understand that public speaking actually comes with what all fields. You're going to have to do presentations at some point, maybe pitch an idea to your boss or to your coworkers or something like that. And that's such a, well, I wouldn't say basic, but it's very crucial as a life skill to have. Yeah, and an interesting story that I wanted to mention, which inspired me to like even do more 
like self-learning on elevator pitch and pitching in general is when our guest speaker for our first ever event, a three-day summer camp event, Miss um, Precious William, she told us a story about how she met this person in an elevator or I don't, I'm not super sure if it's like elevator or like supermarket mm-hmm. somewhere and they started talking and um, turned out that um, that person is someone who is really interested in Miss Precious Williams' book that she's been working on. And Miss um, William gave that person a very short elevator pitch on her book and she was able to sell hundreds and thousands of her books to that person, which is really inspiring because it tells you like the power of elevator pitch and what you can really do with that few minutes or even like 30 seconds of pitching you're able to even change your life yeah and i feel like it's not only about pitching right like the ability to have a conversation that like started out their you know connection is what makes Mm -hmm. any pitch sink in right and like you mentioned before i think the lack of focus on things like public speaking is also apparent in many other aspects of education, like say a liberal arts education, right, has been mm-hmm. touted as oh, use not I want to say useless, but it doesn't. People think it doesn't help as much as say like a um, a degree in coding or a degree in yeah pre med, and you go to law um it's not law school, you go to medical school, um, but. <laughs> But many of the leaders today, what you would call entrepreneurs, right, have degrees mm-hmm. in many liberal arts studies like philosophy, linguistics, history, and other humanities. So props to you for yeah. trying to kind of pave your way through to show that, you know, this kind of holistic, humanistic education should also be focused on for us in high school, right? I mean, we're off, like you said, public speaking is not taught in high school. You're just kind of told to present, make eye contact, be loud. Is what teachers tell Mm -hmm. us. Yeah, and don't mess up. That's literally all they tell us. Yeah, it's really what Make a Statement has been trying to do to help people build their confidence with like our free resources on our website about like blogs on how to build your confidence in public speaking. I think they would be really helpful if you are someone who struggle with like not being able to talk in front of people and not being able to, you know, most accurately present your ideas and yourself to someone. And I just think public speaking is honestly a life skill that you should really be able to practice and possess so that it will help you a lot in the future. And speaking of, you know, things that are difficult and scary sometimes, I think in general, running, make a statement and doing all these things can be very overwhelming and hard. So in the cases of any bouts of, you know, unmotivation how do you you know continue doing what you do Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like like the main source of the feeling of overwhelming or being overwhelmed Mm -hmm. comes from schoolwork especially like AP classes they are so much harder than I imagined they would be Um, (laughs) but being able to balance your school and your extracurricular is honestly like a myth like whoever's able to do that perfectly like you're amazing but like the people who are not able to like me um something that I really like to do in order to cope with my stress is to work out like if I feel really stressed one day I would go do some Chloe Ting videos oh I did some Chloe Ting videos (sighs) in the beginning Mm -hmm. of quarantine when I couldn't swim they're very hard yeah, they are. Honestly, like, my legs are so sore right now from being floating <laughs> yesterday. But, but it weirdly feels good, um, right? After you, that soreness. It does. Mm-hmm. It's like you and accomplished I something. I know there's signs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I also know there's, like, signs behind it. I'm just not sure what the science really is. But it does motivate you and makes you more productive and focused. It helps you to stay focused. I think that's a really big thing. And... 
another thing that I would do is I would have this like it could be like a scratch paper I do that like sometimes I would just write some of the stuff that's like bothering me and what I can improve at the moment like not some huge goals like oh I want to get this scholarship blah 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 but like at this exact moment what can you do to make yourself feel better to make yourself feel that you are you know like you're being appreciated by a lot of people and um something that I would write down for example I would be like you know sleep early today or just drink a cup like a whole cup of water I think that makes me feel productive somehow because people always tell you to drink more water and I just feel like that's something that I need to accomplish and it makes me feel good when I accomplish it or some small stuff that can really make you feel like you accomplished something today and um, I don't think it's hard to come up with stuff like that just to give some ideas like organize your desk um, clean out like take out the trash for your family members mm-hmm. or clean your bathroom something like that it really makes you feel accomplished um, and also as well like you know um, talking to your friend find some person that you can really open up to and um, don't come off as like ranting and like just giving off negativity but more of like you know a normal relaxing conversation and telling them some of your confusions and how they can possibly help you or just by talking to you or you know like I think like friend bonding socializing is super important during quarantine and um you know me and my friends we would chat over zoom like probably I would say like four to three to four times a week we would do homework together I think it's a really great opportunity to like bond during quarantine and it definitely helps with like the feeling of loneliness and oh yeah yeah wow Claire stay sane. why have we oh, not yeah. done this <laughs> we haven't honestly done that in a while I mean we talk but... almost every day oh. but we don't like yeah. FaceTime that often uh-huh yeah yeah I mean TC so... and I get together and we talk about podcast things and also get together to record so and whatnot and school yeah so that's our social interaction with each other yeah I can see the strong relationship between you guys and I honestly like really appreciate that because you know if you really look at the different nonprofits, like their founders are like friends and like me and Kaylin for example I really do appreciate these kind of friendships that are able to like you know not only just be friends with each other but be partners and create something impactful i think that's amazing yeah i mean i feel like it's much easier for us because claire and i have been friends since first grade no no so no 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 no, no, no. Been second grade second grade? second grade or third grade i, I, I don't even remember how i met her but <laughs> yeah i don't know i think like same class or something no same friend group that i think but yeah yeah it's like the biggest myth ever is like how did you start talking to your friends no idea i I cannot begin to tell you Mm -hmm. i really don't remember either yeah especially those close friends like the ones you've been with the longest Mm -hmm. yeah and speaking of how you write down your current goals we'd love to know more about make a wishes or your future goals for make a uh, not make a wish. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Excuse <laughs> me. I bet this. No, it's completely fine. Um, uh-huh. speaking of your specific goals, I would love to hear more about your future goals. Uh, for make a statement. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I guess like I have this um little plan for myself. Is I want to work on um providing quality content over quantity i feel like for the past few months we've been putting out a lot of different content but we want to make sure that every time we put out something it's really able to help a lot of people so i want to um for during the summer i want to be able to hold another you know three day or like a one week camp kind of um camp kind of thing to have like different experts talk about their experience whether with public speaking or like a specific topic on public speaking or politics um they can talk about i think 
I want to work on that for the next few months and as well as applying for 501c3 status because the process is just overall like so confusing um so yeah we've been working on that as well and I want to get started on like um press release kind of stuff to you know have make a statement or publish on local newspapers so people can really learn more about what we're doing and know that if they ever need someone like us like someone to help them or their kids with public speaking they can always reach out to us that's great to hear um i think we've definitely talked about how many teenagers are especially into entrepreneurship these days as I'm sure you know as well by all the people who are signing up for your webinars. And Mm -hmm. some may be interested in finding experience with their own start, whether it be a project, a startup, or a nonprofit. What advice would you give to these people? Yeah, so one of the advice that I received when I first started or even before I started was to stand out, you have to achieve one of the two things. First, you have to, like, either you have to be completely innovative, provide a completely new solution to a problem, or you just have to be cheaper than other people or, you know, offer better stuff. Um, so that's, like, the first advice that got me started in entrepreneurship. And I think, like, it is generally true. If you really look at the successful um, companies, startups, they provide really innovative solutions or, like, you know, cheap solutions. Um, but I think some ways that you can get started is just by looking at a small issue that you care about. And when I say small, it could be very small, like... For example, if you are an international student like me who worried about my Chinese accent, that's something you can be able to fix or not fix, but, you know, bring more awareness to why people should be able to accept accents instead of making fun of them. Because I'm sure a lot of people had bad experience with that. Um, I personally had a lot of bad experience with that, especially in public school where people are, you know, generally more, um, I wouldn't say like, mean towards each other but um more judgmental you know there would be more judgment yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely a lot more judgment here than like in private schools which I did go to for one year um so something as small as that you can really make an impact off of that and identify the problem that you really care about because um, you need that motivation to go on and that motivation that keeps you going is your passion So make sure you really care about this problem and try to come up with a totally innovative solution. Think outside of the box. And, you know, everyone, every teenager, every adult, we go to Google when we try to find the answer to a question that we don't know. And I think that's totally okay. But, you know, if you only look at like one or two organization and their work, it's more of like you will be marrying um, or, you know, just basing your organizations off of theirs, but rather you should like look at more people's successful stories, look at um, people's stories of like, you know, something not working and summarize them um, and create a list of things you learned and what you think is going to work for you instead of, you know, just basing your organization's off of another organization's I think that would be a way more effective way to help you brainstorm ideas to help to make your nonprofit startup company um, more innovative overall that's some really good advice and I think to wrap up this conversation for those who may be interested either in helping out or accessing your learning resources could you maybe share with our listeners how they might be able to do so yeah, so we actually have our spring team application for Make a Statement open, and there are a lot of positions um, available, like social media directors, um, website directors, you know, writing staff, curriculum development, all that kind of like different positions available, and you can check everything out on Make a Statement's Instagram at Project Make a Statement, and if you really want to get involved, I would say it is not like completely zero commitment it would be 
like we try to keep it an hour at most per week, but um, we are really looking for people who are passionate about public speaking and passionate about making it more available to everyone and making it, you know, increase the awareness on the importance of public speaking. So if you're interested in that, feel free to check it out on our Instagram page and see if you're interested in joining. But you can also just sign up for our workshops for our upcoming spring tournament or participate in our merch fundraisers. Whatever works the best for you, we would love any support, um, whether it's like big or small, we would appreciate everything. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. It's Thank you for having me. This is so great. I am so happy to be able to talk about my experience and hopefully help some of your listeners on entrepreneurship or public speaking and we enjoyed this conversation i don't know if you know but we've gone almost we've gone over an hour by now oh my god i know it feels like so much shorter mm, that just shows yeah. how good the conversation is yay thank you all for listening and have a great sunday <laughs>